93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad you have joined us this weekend. Uh, Fred Perry, your host, and we're uh, very glad that you have tuned in. Uh, maybe a first for the CEO Roundtable, my first guest who is a hip-hop artist, believe it or not, uh, joining me on the program. This is a young man that I have known for many years and uh, consider him a friend and uh, a rising star in our community and uh, maybe in the hip-hop world. But uh, very pleased to welcome Nick Rodriguez to the program. Nick, uh, thanks for joining us. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. It's uh, Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Uh, where'd you go to school? I grew up in Columbia, Missouri, which is here, uh, mm-hmm. Rockbridge Elementary, Gentry, Jeff, which was a junior high, which is now middle school, yeah. uh, Hickman High School, and then uh, Mobile Area Community College for Business and Marketing yeah, for a good. bit, and, yeah. and then into them, just going right into the field. And then you kind of just got into business for yourself after graduating? Yeah, just, yeah. just jump right into business. Tell us a little bit about uh, what, what you're doing. What uh, if So... I asked you before we went on the show, you know, I uh, am an old uh, middle-aged uh, guy who who just uh, assumed you were a rapper, but uh, mm-hmm. you corrected me, thank goodness, and, and said, I'm actually a hip-hop artist, but you do rap. Yeah, and, I do uh, rap. And, um, yeah. Which is kind of how I first met you, but I, I think it's, uh, but talk a little bit about what you do for a living and, and kind of uh, who is Nick Rodriguez? Okay, so... I myself, I uh, I perform and I uh, go state to state and do different shows. But I also, along with that, write jingles and commercials uh, and anthems. I was the hype man for Mizzou football back in 2015, and at that time, I also wrote a song to like a hype song for the team. Mm. Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm inspired by life and interactions and, and situations, and I feel like as an artist, I see things different and I see opportunities. Uh, in different spaces in which a lot of people don't see. Yeah. And so, yeah, artists, uh, rapper, rock. Just I'm very, I, I like to say I'm a conduit. I'm really open to to things around me as far as, you know, in the art world and music. I, as long as I have some sense of direction, I can start creating and I just let it flow. You know, it's yeah. like chi and martial arts, just let it happen. So, you know, I you're you're a really bright guy and you uh you've sort of have built this brand, you've built this awareness. Uh, your your stage name, for lack of better words, people in town might know you as Nick Danger. Yes. Um and uh that's uh, the uh the name that you, you open up that you perform under. Um Oh, let me back up for a second. What is a hype man for Mizzou football? What does that person do? Uh, so they, uh, on the side, of, on Mizzou's side, they just hype up the uh, the audience okay. and, and get them ready and, and kind of give them directions. Like when it's a touchdown, they go keys. Just directing everybody with, uh, during the, the game on what to do and kind of like uh, game etiquette in yeah. a way. And when I was a student, we had a guy named Spider. Did you ever hear of Spider? I heard of him. Yeah, yeah I think they told so, me about him. Anyway, he, um, uh, he I don't know, uh, I, I think he... I don't think he was official in by any sense of the word, but he was always down on the sidelines, uh, getting the student side of the uh, uh, stadium going, and and uh, mm-hmm. we had a lot of fun with him over the years. Um, okay, so 
one of the things I, I want to talk a little bit about just uh, your life and and you know I, I want to weave in the business connection because there's so many different uh, business angles on on sort of your story mm-hmm. but I want to talk a little bit about what what it was like growing up in Colombia um, what do you remember most I mean you're in you're 32 uh, this year I'll be 32. Oh, you'll be 32 yeah, okay so you're still young but you've been around a while oh yeah um, Tell us a little bit about growing up in Colombia. What, what are the what are the impressions uh, that you have as a result of that? I feel like Colombia is, I like to say, like a blank slate. Um, it wasn't the most diverse, but there was always space for opportunity. Mm-hmm. It's just the mindset. A lot of people, if you're if you've never seen what something looks like, you don't even know yeah. how to go about it. Right. So, as an artist, I feel like my creative mind was like, I don't see this. Well, let me create it, and I know that people fear something they've never seen or something that's new so knowing that i know yeah. okay don't stop because people are saying that's weird or, or they, they're spewing hatred or whatever you whatever they may do mm-hmm. and so growing up here i felt like uh i wasn't really exposed to a lot of different things in the arts but there was like pockets because this is a college town so people come and go yep and there's different opportunities even though at times there may be short-term opportunities I would catch a lot of window of opportunity, uh, traveling dancers, because I was a break dancer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, my uncles also were into dance. So I would just piece that together like, okay, how do you do that? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then it, different events around town, like the Twilight Festival and even different clubs. I would job shadow, if you would, mm-hmm. and uh, just watch. Like, how does it, How is this event being coordinated? How How is it ran? Who's doing what? What is the doorman doing? What is the DJ doing? What is the uh, the host or the hype man uh-huh. you know and sorts uh doing and then i just learned coming up i remember being 16 years old i threw an event at the columbia mall i i got the djs so 16 year old, years old you hosted the event yes okay. I, 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 and that was unheard of the mall wasn't doing it so i went to the yeah. mall like hey i want to do this i want to have an event with two live djs dancers and they kind of looked at me and like okay why not <laughs> on a friday or saturday night they let me have uh, cafe court or the food court now yeah. and another Saturday the JC Penney's wing which was unheard of mm-hmm. so the DJs arrive and they say okay where's the where's the coordinator who's been I said it's me and they mm-hmm. laughed and said oh that's that's funny where's the person where's your dad <laughs> I said no it's really me and they went and clarified and like yeah it's it's him and so I knew right then there was something different even out, looking outside of myself yeah. different about what I was doing I've always been I would like to say innovative and that just because other people aren't doing it doesn't mean it can't be done. And to go off the beaten path, there's nothing wrong with that. You just have to have vision, be a visionary, and create a, a plan of action, POA. And even if they're loose steps, at least get the ball rolling in the right direction. You're going to fall short sometimes, but that's part of succeeding. It's, mm-hmm. uh, what to say, failing to success. And so that that's uh, pretty much how I got where I am now, uh, just being very experimental and being in different spaces where artists necessarily don't uh, usually frequent. So yeah, they, you stand out if you go where all artists are, you're just performing for artists. But if you go where there's no artists and it's kind of underserved population, voila, all of a sudden you're the on the forefront. You are the leader of something that's never been done before. So yeah. So going back to uh, sort of your your days in uh, Columbia Public Schools, uh, I want to just tell me who who inspired you. I mean, who were who were the people that you looked up to that sort of said that sort of made you decide that you know you could be empowered to sort of do your own thing. Uh, you know, at sixteen to to uh, host a, a special event like that uh, of a of great magnitude. But what what 
who were the influences in your life? The first big one, uh, of course, or the big ones would be my mom and dad before mm-hmm. I even got in school. But in school, my teacher, Miss Manson, first grade teacher, I was coming from a, a private school that I was in in kindergarten. It didn't work out. And uh, I was kind of down for whatever reasons. And this teacher really opened my mind and said, hey, you're intelligent. You're smart. You're just as capable as anybody else. Mm-hmm. Now go get it. Yeah. You know, don't stop. And uh, it kinda, what school was that? Uh, Rockbridge Elementary. Okay. Miss Manson, yeah. Melinda Manson, and uh, and then in the fourth grade, I was introduced to writing. It was a poetry mm. unit. We yeah. had a composition notebook. I remember like it was yesterday, slid in front of me, <laughs> and I was kind of always spacey and introverted, and uh, I felt misunderstood. And then we started talking about talking about poetic device, double entendres, hmm. and different things uh, like that. And I realized, wait, I can say less words, but kind of buzzwords that then evoke feelings in people and now they understand exactly what you mean and what you're trying to say mm-hmm. and i went crazy it's like my life i was born again in the fourth grade and that skill kind of influenced your music yes yeah yeah so yeah interesting uh so anybody after fourth grade that stands that in your mind oh yeah uh there's plenty of mentors in the community yeah. graham which is a, a lyricist poet uh visual artist mm-hmm. askia Bilal, which is also an artist um who else raven wolf Wow. Uh, and then, you know, I had mentors all through, you know, Fred, yourself, everybody I've ran into who gave me a, a chance and, and also, you know, mentorship. So, uh, Bill Thompson, mm. yourself, yeah, that's uh, great. ready throughout yeah. the years, yeah. working with ready, uh, now Jay and Raymond, um, let's see coming up, coming yeah. up. There were so many people, even, uh, some of the people who have doubted me have been mentors in a certain way. Cause everybody can teach you something. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody, everybody can teach you something. You uh, along the way came across, uh, uh, if I'm if I'm right, if I remember the story correctly, you you came across guidance counselors and maybe teachers that maybe weren't as encouraging as uh, you know. Really felt like you should pursue other directions. Uh, do, you, do you remember that? Yeah. So uh, that's my my mom had yeah, that. Really, your mom had that all. Yeah. Had but, that big. Yeah. Uh, growing up, yes, I. Uh, when you tell a guidance counselor that you want to be an artist or performer in in the middle of America, where mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's that doesn't exist, right? Um, they, I think they kind of sway towards the more business side. Well, okay, but what what about being, you know, on the back end or on the side? It was kind of, it's just it was just uh, uncharted territory. Yeah. So when I speak to guidance counselor, I'm an artist. I'm this. That's who I am. Yeah. And I knew, you know, kids say a lot of things. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a firefighter. But I was like, no, I'm actually an artist. This is who I am. And, mm-hmm. I, and I'm concrete in that. Show me the steps to improve myself as an artist and to use my art in a business sense to live for my art. Yeah. And so I think more outside of the school system, I, I ran into mentorship. In school, of course, I learned different uh, tools and keys that I can incorporate with what I learned outside of school to yeah. move forth. But yeah, um, I think the most they they didn't really understand, but they did offer encouragement to keep going. They're like, we really don't, we haven't seen this, so there's not much we can say, but keep pursuing. I mean, I was trying to get in Juilliard at one point, mm-hmm. and it was just a, a lot of things weren't in place, which is something I would like to change in the future for the kids here in Columbia, Missouri, and, and Missouri in general, because mm-hmm. it's kind of a rural uh, territory. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just the the path less traveled yeah you have performed on stages all across uh, america uh, in big cities you have been on uh stage with uh hip-hop artists and and rappers that are common household names for the most part people that are uh, very well known Mm -hmm. um 
Is there a point where you maybe sort of had to pinch yourself and say, yeah, wow, I can't believe this is where I'm at right now? Or, or what? what is, do you have a sense of self-satisfaction? Oh, yeah. Uh, even more than performing with these huge acts, the people, mm-hmm. hearing people's stories. Yep. Uh, when I would perform, hearing the people, I, it's the people, it's the audience. Um, and it came, I came to realize that you know, from from being see, meeting so many different people, from being on these shows that they are would make this happen. The, these big name artists are not these big name artists without the support of the people. Yep. And so I, I guess in the last few years, I really it just hit me like, wow. Yes, of course, I, I was very grateful and and surprised to be on stage with these artists, but it kind of shifted more towards the people and mm-hmm. how we impact the people and how the people impact us and how we're inspired by the people in the audience. And it came to, I came to a realization that without them, there's, I'm just the guy who can make lyrics, who's yeah. an artist. Yeah. It's like a doctor without patience is just somebody who understands, uh, you know, the health, health, uh, a lawyer without clients is just somebody who understands law. So mm-hmm. it's the appreciation of the people. And I think that's, what's going to set me apart. But yes, uh, looking back, and I, which I do, I try to do often, I'm very appreciative, and it's kind of surreal, so I don't even know if it really has set in yet, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because I'm constantly moving. Yeah, yeah. Gratitude is an important part of sort of keeping you focused, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you think back about uh, the people who have who have made a difference that have, that took an interest, uh, uh, people that are willing to give you a shot. Um, so it, it's sort of a, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on there. I, I want to talk about your parents because I know your, your parents have been a big influence in your life and, and, uh, we're going to have a break coming up here in a, in a minute or so, but I want to, I want to talk about, uh, talk about your dad. Uh, tell us who your dad was and, and, uh, uh, kind of why he was an important influence in your life. My dad, who he's a first, uh, generation here in America, from South America, Tachita to be exact. The town, uh, was here for, uh, 24. And could speak no English mm. and had to maneuver in a place where there the similarities there was barely any at a time in nineteen eighty five where you know this these words like diversity inclusive divert things like that mm-hmm. did not it was every man for himself so uh it was a big inspiration it was my father that anything is possible you can come from any kind of conditions and you can still be successful and you can still climb. And you can still strive even when it's the darkest of days. Mm-hmm. What made your dad decide to come to America? Uh, opportunity. Yeah. Better life. Where did he start? Where did he, where was the first place he came to? Columbia. Wow. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that because I think the lived experience of a refugee, of, of, uh, an immigrant coming to, mm-hmm. uh, Columbia, Missouri is probably different than that experience of someone that goes to Dallas or New York or Chicago, but. When we come back from this break, we'll continue our conversation with Nick Rodriguez, also known as Nick Danger. But we'll talk about his mom and the influence that she has had on Nick's life. And uh, we'll we'll talk about what it's like to be a man of color living in Columbia, Missouri. And so uh, is everything you hear what they say it is or is it uh, is there more to the story? Uh, we're going to find out about that. And I'm going to introduce you to um, one of uh, a, a great theme in, in Nick's life, uh, a song he wrote called Foreign Hustle. And uh, we'll talk about the meaning of that song. All of that and coming up on the CEO Roundtable. This is Fred Perry, and you are on 93.9 The Eagle. 
This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Nick Rodriguez, who is uh, here in the studio with us. Uh, also known as Nick Danger, a hip-hop artist uh, and uh, going places, uh, Columbia native. We talked a little bit about your dad before the break, but uh, Nick, I want to hear more about your mom. I have met your mom before, and uh, she no, no longer lives here in Columbia, but nope. tell us about your mom and, and sort of the influence that she had in your life. Yeah, I was blessed enough that my mom also has overcame many adversities uh, came from St. Louis, lived all over uh, Wellston, which is a rougher part of St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, went to school in Kirkwood. Uh, her guidance counselor, when she was growing up, told her, well, why don't you just be a janitor? Why don't you? Wow. And my mom's like, I'm a straight A student. I'm a 4.0. I want to be a social worker. And so my mom, you know, even during uh, all those times, she's like, no, I'm going to be a social worker. Mm-hmm. And she, I remember her telling me this story. She used to walk with all these books, and people would laugh when she had her backpacks before. Like, what do you got in there? She said, my GPA. Ooh. And yeah. so and so, when I heard stories like that, I'm like, man, I was taken back. And I've always seen my mom be able to be an artist in philanthropy and, and even in her work, you know, mm. being a social worker. Uh, she went to Merrimack. She went to Truman. She went to Mizzou and then got her master's degree at 22 in social work from Washington University. So that oh. let me know right there anything is possible. It doesn't matter yeah. where you come from, the conditions you live in. You have to, the mindset is the grind set. And as long as you and your mind know this is a, uh, you can obtain this, it can be done. Yeah. When you hear that story of what the guidance counselor said to your mom about becoming a janitor, mm-hmm. I mean, is there anything in that comment that parallels your experience? I mean, can you can you just get yourself in either into that guidance counselor or, or into your mom's shoes and sort of relive that? I mean, what what was going on there? I think it's just oppressive oppression. I mean, uh, you know, in St. Louis, where you live, you know. Um, uh, ethnicity all that plays a mm-hmm. big role in how people view people and if they don't have a good impression of people in a certain area they're not gonna take the time all oh, it, it just 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 do just do the bare minimum you'll yeah. be and and i think a lot of people slip through the cracks i think there's a lot of i think with the internet things are getting better somewhat but i think it's up to the individual to take initiative and i don't think that's stressed enough that if you don't take initiative at a certain point, even, you know, coming through elementary school, you may not get the best treatment. But once you're aware and conscious of, oh, hey, I yeah. have to I'm in charge of this going right. Yeah. I need to align myself to make this happen. Then you could end up being in a really dark place. And I also feel like, you know, um, maybe a performing arts school here in Columbia, Missouri, which was one of my goals mm-hmm. was to make that come true before I leave this planet. Yeah. Uh, with Af- emphasis on African world history, just to let people know that, hey, this is where you come from. This is who you are. This is who you can be. And just cultural awareness, um, it, it'll make a big impact. So going back to your first question, being that guidance counselor, I think that's what was in our mind that, okay, yeah, she's a dreamer. She has a 4.0, but that won't happen. In my mom's mind, I think it's, okay, you don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why you're judging maybe my skin color. I'm a woman, maybe both. Yeah. Maybe it's where I live. But regardless of that, I know who I am. I create my reality, and 
You can think what you want to think, but I will go over you, past you, and through you to get to my dreams and my goals and achievements, and then I will come back and spread that which she has through yeah. her, her uh, the nonprofit she was doing, the Achievement Through Adversity, giving yeah. scholarships to kids. So yeah. It's a, it's just a mindset. I keep going back yeah. to the word mindset. You know, if your guidance counselor is your window to the world, that must be very discouraging. So you really have to have something pretty special mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I'm going to rise above that. You know yes. what I mean? I'm, that's, I'm not going to let that be my limit. So no. uh, pretty interesting. You know, there's a lot of talk about diversity uh, and inclusion uh, and, you know, equity. And I I suspect that in a lot of cases, uh, there's not a whole lot of substance behind uh, some of those efforts. And and so I I really kind of want to just hear it straight from you Mm -hmm. about what the lived experience is like in Columbia, Missouri. Uh, You know, you you, you know, after um, the George Floyd incident in, in Minneapolis back in the summer of 2020, uh, you know, there were a lot of marches in Columbia. There was a lot of what I would call maybe civil unrest, uh, just a lot of unhappiness, uh, a lot of criticism of our local police department. You and I have talked a little bit about this, but but I mean, it's in your mind, is Columbia a racist community? What? How would you help people that aren't uh, of color mm-hmm. help us understand uh, what it looks like it's definitely uh i think racism when you don't know that you are you know uh-huh. or have racist I- ideas right it's kind of like no i'm not that but there's levels to racism i don't think it's just okay racist is this and racist i think there's uh people who are extremely racist and there's people who are mildly racist like they're not going to say the n-word or, or racial slurs but mm-hmm. they're like but don't come to my house or don't marry my daughter or son yeah um, I think it's, it's been bittersweet growing up in Columbia. That being said, um, I definitely saw different treatment after the George Floyd. I stopped getting pulled over twice mm-hmm. a week. Or- yeah, talk about that because you you told me that. Uh, I mean, you are uh, you're a good looking guy. Uh, you are uh, you know above average build. I mean, you're 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 very fit. Uh, you've got long dreadlocks. Does that mm-hmm. is that the reason you're getting pulled over? No, I didn't have locks back then. Okay, so, so why, it, why were you getting pulled over? That's a good question. Yeah, right? that's a question that I was still. But confused. you think in your heart, I mean, your mind, you think that it's because you were black. Yeah, I think uh, definitely because it ceased to happen after the George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't been pulled over once. Yeah, and so and and there's been times. Too. Are you a good driver? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it, it, it's just it, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, there was other insta- uh, instances where I performed, and I was I fit the profile right after my performance, mm-hmm. literally as yeah. a kid. Yeah, and people on both sides of the street were saying he is the performer, leave him alone. He, and uh, you know, as a minor, I was just it, it was a lot of things that weren't wasn't done right. Yeah, um, and there's been a, so another ins- instance where it was a mistaken identity, and uh, I think that unfortunately things that have happened like the george floyd michael brown um and trayvon martin have made people kind of like okay wait a minute not everybody's the same Mm -hmm. not everybody who looks like this is that so it has caused people to think differently about situations Mm -hmm. circumstances and other people before passing a quick judgment and causing uh an an incident that could have major repercussions on everybody and limitations on everybody where we can't move forth and do anything. Yeah. And so, yeah. So what advice would you give to somebody um, that was Nick Rodriguez 15 years ago? I mean, you know, so you, mm-hmm. 
have a mindset and just sort of a, this sort of compass that that uh, nothing's going to slow you down. I no. mean, if you're dreaming it, you're going to go do it, and yeah. which is you know pretty inspiring. But so, what advice? I mean, it'd be easy to get get caught up in sort of the unfairness of the world. Um, so, I mean, it would if you can't change the world the way that you and the way that we want to change the world. Mm-hmm. What advice do you give to younger people that get, are following your footsteps? Get involved. Um, learn, read, knowledge, mentors, places like Ready, Regional Economic Development Incorporated, mm-hmm. the library. Go on meetings where you, you feel like, what am I doing here? You have a place there. A lot of the city meetings. Just be aware. Be there. Show up. Ask questions. Get me- Mentorship is very important. Um Making sure that you realize not everything is a even fair playing field and life's not fair. So there's going to be times where you may get accused or may fit a profile. It's not right, but know your rights, know law and know what to and what not to say and when to talk and when just not to say anything at mm-hmm. all. Yeah. And so just being knowledge, seek yeah. knowledge and listen before you speak. I think a lot of times yeah. growing up back then, if you, if you could just listen and follow direction, very simple you you will get a lot further and when i say follow direction i don't mean just take orders but i mean like follow once you know something and know the right way follow those yeah that system and just stay persistent because things don't always happen overnight these people you see whether it be motivational speakers singers architects that are super famous they've been at it for a long time yeah and then they're just not breaking the surface and now it seems like oh this person came out of nowhere yeah so i think persistent staying persistent staying vigilant and uh seeking knowledge and don't always uh act off emotion yeah emotion i want to talk about uh you have a song that you have uh uh, written that it's called foreign hustle Mm -hmm. and i know that it's inspired by uh what you saw your dad do as an immigrant to this country Mm -hmm. uh you and i were having coffee last week and we ran into the new director of city of refuge and and we started talking about the, the number of afghans and people from burma that had moved or Myanmar who had moved to Columbia and sort of what that struggle looks like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so tell us about this song, Foreign Hustle. So Foreign Hustle was inspired. It was Christmas Day. I saw the Chinese restaurant was open. I was like, huh? Oh, they got that Foreign Hustle. I just said it and it stuck. Time stopped. And I said, wait a minute. They got that Foreign Hustle. My dad's from Venezuela. He had that Foreign Hustle. They always make jokes like Jamaicans work all these jobs. They have that Foreign Hustle. They're working on holidays. And that's one of my lines. Working on holidays, getting money's a present. Yeah. Because fruits of your labor immediately pay off when you put in that hard work. And I just started just really, I write my songs visually in my mind. I'll, I'll have like a, it's like a movie plan and the words will come off of it. So I start envisioning, you know, the railroads, everything, construction, people who uh, buy gas stations and bodegas and, and DJs and radio stations and real estate. And I'm like, wow, like these people are, I've never heard a song that acknowledges these people. Mm-hmm. And, and what's also something was mind blowing. I performed the song and a, a, a Caucasian, a white, female came to me and she knew the lyrics and she's like this helps me at work mm. i'm like wow so it's a universal when i say foreign we're all foreign in some way mm-hmm. uh you know whatever it is whatever it may be if you're not with the majority in the area where you're at but but in its most practical sense uh you you see that there is a work ethic a oh, drive yeah. that oh, yeah. exists with people who come to this country mm-hmm. uh as adults right um my wife uh, mentored a family from Myanmar for uh, a couple of years, and it was amazing to watch this family. The guy came to Columbia 
from Burma, uh, took a job working nights at, uh, Walmart and, uh, you know, doing shipments and stuff. And, and, you know, within a year, they were buying their first house in Columbia, outright buying. I mean, no subsidy. Man. They were using their resources to buy a house. And, and, the, but yet you see generations of, of families here in Columbia who still haven't bought their first house, you know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, that's something that stands out, uh, in, in your mind. So, uh, any other thoughts on foreign hustle? Uh, yeah, the, it's just the song that when, even when I hear it, I get re-inspired, almost uh, brought to tears at times because it, it, uh, it speaks to different parts of me at all times. Mm-hmm. So when I hear it, I'm like, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah. All right. This is a generational thing. My dad came here, you know, and I'm Nigerian on my mom's, uh, mom's side, mm-hmm. uh, some generations back. And so I'm like, okay, these people, they had some hustle about them because they're like, all right, we're going to do this and we're going to keep striving. And, and we're going to hit these goals. So you have like more of a responsibility on your shoulders to achieve and not only achieve, but to plant another seed for the next generation of mm-hmm. your family to be, to be great and, yeah. and, and to, to be great. And I don't want to say in half the time, but every, every generation you want their life to be more at peace, more at ease. So yeah. talk about yeah. determination. That is something, uh, is that also a song? It's Determin- also a song. Yeah, Determination. So, okay, what, what, what role has that? What, what role has that word played in your life? <sighs> Everything. Um, without determination, I wouldn't be here right now. Determination is pushing through when there's a brick wall in front of you, which mm-hmm. has been many walls, many doors that I've had to open. Walls had to break down, and determination uh, is to just faith, it, having faith, and 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 to keep pushing even with very little energy knowing that something's going to come of what you're doing mm-hmm. so determination has been the fuel to keep to keep the the vehicle moving yeah it's just, it's my everything you have to be even though you may first impression first thought oh, i can't you have to say wait a minute it's going to be hard but with no resistance there's no gain that's one of my favorite quotes with no resistance there's no game you gain you can't go to the gym and think I'm going to lift four, four or five hundred pounds on your first time. No, you have to build up to that. So you have to be determined to put the weight on and through, through, through the soreness, take a break and keep pre, keep persisting, keep striving, keep it. And then before you know it, you almost as long as you just forget, forget about the uh, the goal and get obsessed with the process, the journey, the road itself is the goal these accolades we get whether it be lifting 400 pounds getting an emmy getting a grammy that's just recognition saying we see you we see your journey and mm-hmm. we appreciate your journey people get lost in these um accolades and these these things these tangible things and they forget that the journey is what it's about you know there was an interview with mike tyson where he said this doesn't this doesn't matter and he was flipping the belts and everything he's like my kids matter so hmm. determination and, and getting obsessed with the journey. That's the voice of uh, Nick Rodriguez. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about, uh, I'm going to ask Nick this question. What is the difference between those who make it and those who fail? What is what is the, the, the trait differences? Uh, and we'll talk more about uh, Nick's music and, and his lived experiences here in Columbia. All of that and more coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. This is 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. And 
Welcome back to the third segment of the CEO Roundtable Show. Glad that you have tuned in this weekend. We are visiting with Nick Rodriguez, also known as Nick Danger, uh, an inspiring young man who is going places, going to do big things in this world, and uh, grew up here in Columbia and uh, has been on a lot of stages around the country performing with some uh, pretty impressive artists, and, and, uh, but doing his own thing and uh, uh, really just uh, uh, got a great perspective on life. Um, we've been talking about you know, foreign hustle. We've been talking about determination. We've been talking about uh, uh, sort of the struggles that your mom and dad faced. Uh, but when you sort of, as you sort of look at life, and I, and I think you just have a, you know, you seem to have your eyes wide open. But uh, people succeed, people fail. Yes. Is there something that is there something that's different about those people that causes them to fail or succeed? Learning from your mistakes. If you keep bumping your head, it's like okay. Let me reevaluate. So during your process, you have to reevaluate and then you refine mm-hmm. and you use what's useful, discard what's useless and make the rest your own. So you have to, there's got to be times where it's like a rough draft when you're writing. You, you spit out your ideas, you draft, and then it goes through another draft and another mm-hmm. draft. That's and okay. life is like that? Life is like that. You have to draft mm-hmm. life. Um, you can't, everybody expects perfection and greatness on the first take. That's not the way it works. You need, to, like I said, be obsessed with the process. No, and, and love it when you fail. Smile like that was funny. I, yeah. I fell down. Let me get up and try again. Let mm-hmm. me ask for advice. We're living a life. If everything happened immediately, life would be over in five minutes. Yeah, we need time to live. Living means trial and error. Everything you see around us, I always say your mind comes first, then things. This was in somebody's imagination. This microphone, mm-hmm. the way this microphone's composed and and, and put together. It was in somebody's mind. It was a ludicrous, crazy idea to somebody. Somebody said, there's no way we could sell bottled water. And then you have, it was Avion or yeah, the, the yeah, Naive yeah, backwards. Yeah. It, anything, <laughs> I've never it, heard that. Yeah, that's, the story of the water. Yeah, it, wow. it was, it, somebody said, you'll never be able to do it. And so he took the word naive and flipped it. Wow. And so the, the bottled water. I tell mm-hmm. people, it's more about the energy you put behind something. And people can, that will radiate to other people and resonate with other people. And that right there is what makes you a trailblazer and somebody who stands out from the crowd. You have to believe in what you're doing, be well, be willing to fail to success and be willing to learn and refine and draft your life to perfection. And I don't believe in absolute perfection, but into a more perfected state in which you keep refining and then you pass it back mm-hmm. and hand, hand that same information down to the next yeah. generation. Are, are there any obstacles, barriers uh, that, that you see uh, just based on your experience, based on uh, sort of some of the challenges that, that people encounter in, in the cycle of poverty? Are there any barriers or obstacles that you think could be removed, should be removed? Uh, I think it starts again with what is taught. Um, we have to, even though things are unfair at the household, as, as parents, as brothers, as sisters, as uncles, aunts, grandparents, reestablish that family element and take it upon ourselves to teach at the house as well and uh, instill that who you are is who you think you are. Mm-hmm. As if you if you think of yourself as less than, lower than, you will uh, uh, act accordingly. You will 
perform accordingly. You have to have your mind. You, imagination is one of the best things. You have to imagine it, and you have to plan it, and you have to shoot and strive for it, which means you might not be with the group. You might. It's not going to be fun. You're going to be staying, coming early and staying late. The mindset is a grind set, and oppressed people oppress people in all different ranges from super rich and super poor. If, if you're oppressed in a certain way, you're going to be blocked off to, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do that. So I go back. My word of the day is mindset, 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 mindset. Change the mindset. If we can tell one person in our family, get them changed, and then, you know, it's not what you say. It's how you say it. Some people won't receive the message so you have to learn people and kind of not force it but place people mm. hey i'm going to ready you want to join me just you don't have to don't do anything just yeah. join me hey i'm going to this talk at the library want to join me hey i'm going to the drum circle this african drum want to join join me hey the irish people are anything that stimulates stimulus mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stimulation is like the big bang boom creativity yeah. creation hey i want to be a lawyer off of seeing somebody dance you wouldn't think that they correlate but they do wow the two sides correlate, and, and I've learned that uh, we don't know necessarily what's going to make us click, but I do know being stimulated is one of the first steps. Being um, exposed, mm -hmm. so you have to leave wherever you live, go to the other side of town. Yeah. Don't matter, black, white, Christian, Muslim, atheist, go to the other side of town, talk to people, meet people. Go to farmer's market. Try this grocery store. Try to go schnooks, mosers. Go to the food bank. Just see what it's okay to see. A lot of people get trapped when you create these boxes. You you trap yourself so you can't grow. Yeah. People are people. Self-preservation is the first uh, rule, I feel, of people. And so knowing this, people go about that in different ways, and it looks like uh, different things. So we just knowing that, just know that people always want security, food. They want to feel good. They want they want. Everything, everybody wants the same things, but we're on different levels. So we really need to, I think, just open your mind and try things that you usually wouldn't try and be open to new ideas and new paths. And I think that uh, a, a lot of things will change. The Internet has helped, and it's a double-edged sword. It's helped, and it's also kind of made people oh, yeah. feel, find their slice of the pie, and they're like, this is who I am. And it's like a sense of entitlement. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Be open. You don't yeah. know what's what. We don't know. The person you hate might be the person who is your everything. Yeah. So. All right. So I want to ask you, you have been on a lot of stages since you were 16 years old. But uh, uh, at the end of last month, you were able you were uh, you had a big show at the Blue Note. Yes. What's it like uh, performing in front of a hometown audience versus uh, being on a stage in Las Vegas, uh, for example? I know a lot of people's stories in the audience. Mm -hmm. I went to school with a lot of these people. I know a lot of these people's hardships. Uh, so when I say different lyrics and I look in their eyes, I'm like, man, you, you really do agree with what I'm saying. Like you really do. It re really is resonating with you. And then they're pointing and they're reaching out and we were shaking each other's hands. It's like a therapy session on stage. It's like, I'm, a, but we're both having it. We're counseling each other. It's like, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's good. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a, you feel the impact. It's a different energy because people know you, you grew up with these people. They've seen you. They know your story. From the ground up because mm -hmm. they were there they were walking along you by your side they were sitting in front of you sitting behind you they were you know in the audience with you and so to do it back at home and to have such a strong response it just knows okay i have to keep doing this i have to keep inspiring people i have to keep telling stories i have to keep encouraging people and uh it just it relit relit a fire yeah just, and it's the first time having a band since i was in uh in junior high or, or high school so it was it was just like a deja vu kind yeah. of yeah
cool. Very cool. I want to uh, just talk a little bit about, um, and I, you know, I kind of cringe when I say this word because I'm a 58 year old middle white middle aged white guy, and I, but but. And I think that when people talk about the lived experience, it's it's sort of uh, almost uh, there's an agenda attached to it. And, mm-hmm. and um, but I want to talk about uh, different aspects of your lived experience. And, mm-hmm. and if you could uh, at your age, at your point in life, um, say something, make a comment, make a difference uh, in a couple different areas of this community. uh, uh what would you tell the 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 people who run Columbia, the the mayor, the city council? What what would you what advice would you give them right now about making Columbia a better place to live? I had to use the same word, diversity, diversify. I, it just, it's just overused. Um, I don't see as the years, ironically enough, as the years have gone, uh, things have gotten better in one aspect. But I, as far as like the arts and. Uh, communicate like different parts of columbia communicating i don't see i see more uh separate polarized community yeah, yeah, yeah. like we have the yeah. college community you have mizzou yep you have uh columbia yeah north columbia south columbia and you see there's different grocery stores so you don't have to leave your area of the town <laughs> you're in which i know some it's very the economics and there, there's a lot of money and some other politics in place of the reasons why things different communities are developing the way they are mm-hmm. and it's like but it's creating like a kind of separatism like separation so something more more events i would say to the the leaders more events that bring the community together more things that like the twilight festival was good but more diverse events uh where we have different cultures different religions different practices all in the same space um which is something i also wanted to to do i think that's important because we we kind of forget and during the pandemic the two years of being inside we've really gotten uh distant from each other everybody yeah everybody yeah and so it's kind of created another divide and amongst the youth, especially since they don't have that uh, social interaction that a lot mm-hmm. of us had, it's just it's more pressure. So I think yeah. the more events that we have that involve the community and the community leaders and we see everybody together and speaking and talking in different forms. And it, it I think it would kind of start to re reconnect and make things stronger. Yeah. And, and stronger. what about public education? Our local schools. I mean, what do you? I mean, what? What is a message you would want to share right now with the superintendent or the school board about the state of our public schools? Mm. Help. Yeah, <laughs> it needs help. I just, mm-hmm. I think that there's a, there's so much going on, and there's a lack of control with the with the teachers being able to to feel empowered to teach and have control, and then the same. Uh, token the same voice them knowing that they need to still be uh have the responsibility of teaching so i think it's just a lot of things falling apart a lot of voices not being heard a lot of teachers voices not being heard i think a lot of the kids voices have not been heard i think that the problem is local but it's also a national problem as well there's Mm -hmm. so much going on at once yeah and there's so many different conflicts there needs to be people need to be heard, understood, and issues need to be addressed with teachers, students, parents, and and of course the the rest of the faculty. I feel like there's a, there's people who are just you have the problems. biggest the biggest problems with parents right now. <sighs> I think it, everybody plays a part. It's like yeah. a pie. Okay. I, I want to say parents, but then 
there's there's a uh, there's a lot more to it. There's a lot more to yeah. it, like with social media and and the entitlement. There, so we have this. We're in an age of everybody can say what they feel and do what they want. Yep. yep. And that's creating with a no big, consequences. With no consequences, yeah. and that's yeah. creating a big um, divide yeah. of, with with parents and kids, uh, parents and teachers, teachers and kids, and parents and their kids. So. Uh, and and just and and then then the whole relationship with everybody together. I think we need to, as a community, like I said, have more forums where everybody sits down, and we have the the students, the teachers, the parents, and then the faculty, like the superintendent. Okay, what's the issues? Let's discuss this issue. Let's discuss that Knock issue. It out. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, what's Nick? For, what's next for Nick Danger? Uh, I have three different projects: Foreign Hustle, um, working on uh, getting that released together. There's another song called Up, where I highlight and showcase uh, Kansas City, Columbia, and St. Louis. We have 18th of Vine, the Jazz District in Kansas City. We have the Columns on Mizzou campus for the Columbia segment, and then I do like an O'Day to Nelly. I have the arch in the background. <laughs> so I'm all, yeah. I'm a Midwest, Midwest of the world yeah. for forever. <laughs> and then uh, having other things like the Godzilla Challenge. And uh, we're just working on different things and trying to really incorporate giving back giving back I'm, a, I'm into philanthropy we just uh, I just donated to Granny's house big advocate for American Foundation for Suicide Prevention so everything I do I always try to figure out how can I give back how can I build people up mentally and give back to my community in whichever ways I can so yeah I have those projects and uh, hopefully we'll be doing like an amphitheater show in the fall here in Nick Columbia. Rodriguez great to have you what an honor to have you on the program thank you for thank joining you. us we'll be oh, back yes. next weekend with another edition of the CEO Roundtable this is Fred Perry you've been listening to 93.9 The Eagle I love it, yeah I love it, I was born in Maine.